Last Sunday, we heard the story of Thomas and how Thomas wasn't there with the other disciples, and um, that made him to doubt, you know, if truly Christ was risen. Today, we are hearing of two of Jesus' disciples who were going through some rough times. They were sad, they were disappointed, they were confused, they were downcast, angry, just walking away from Jerusalem on the way to Emmaus. And we can relate with this gospel because we, we, do, we do get angry sometimes, we get confused, we really, really get stressed sometimes, and we are in distress. We are, our emotions are beclouded sometimes by so many things happening around us, and we can relate with Cleopas and his companion, because those are the moments that we, we walk on the way to Emmaus. Now, um, the road to Emmaus is something Pope Benedict made reference to years back while addressing the pilgrims on a Sunday. He said, the fact that anthropologists have not been able to point out the exact place where Emmaus was geographically, it means that Emmaus could be nowhere and at the same time could be everywhere. So we can actually put ourselves in their shoes. The road to Emmaus is the road we take when we derail. The road to Emmaus is the road we take when we lose focus. The road to Emmaus is the road that we take when we lose hope. And that's why the two disciples, as they communicated, when Christ joined them on that journey, they said, we had hoped that he would be the Messiah. And that's something that we are very familiar with, to say we had hoped. The phrase we were hoping is something we have used several times, and it speaks volume. We were hoping that our marriage would get better. We were hoping that our relationship would work out for good. We were hoping that our children and grandchildren will remain in the faith, will remain Catholics. We were hoping that our children will go on to college. We were hoping that they will not join some bad gangs. We were hoping that our finances will be better. We were hoping that he could overcome his addictions. We were hoping that the CT scan wouldn't show what it did. I was hoping for someone I could be with by now. I was hoping that this would be the job that would really give me joy, that I would enjoy. In all of these moments, things didn't work out the way we wanted them to go. And that kind of brings us some sadness sometimes make us walk on the road to Emmaus. But the good news is this, that no matter what we go through, when and how we go through those moments on our road to Emmaus, 
Jesus is always there with us. And he gives us hope. Like I like to teach my students and tell them a lot with acronyms they can easily remember. Like the acronym for hope, I say is hold on, pain ends. Okay? Hold on, pain ends. It's not going to be forever, especially when you have Jesus by your side. What are the lessons we are learning today? Apart from the fact that the road to Emmaus is that road that leads us into depression, into anxiety, into stress, into sadness. Remember, walking away from Jerusalem was a fact that they were walking away from life. They were walking away from hope, the promise Christ had given them that it was in Jerusalem they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, unknowingly to them, just as it can become unknowing to us when we walk away from Jerusalem, when we walk away from the church, when we walk away from God on our way to Emmaus. Four lessons we can learn from this passage today. Number one, that the risen Christ wants to join us on our journey. Christ wants to be with us on our journey. On this journey, there could be ups and downs, no doubt, but he surely brings us hope. That is one. Number two, the risen Jesus will point you to scriptures the same way he did for Cleopas and his companion. He will point you to his word that would encourage you, his word that will strengthen you, his word that will give you hope. Number three, the risen Christ is waiting to be invited. Like the disciples, having discovered this man who pointed them to scriptures, explained everything that had happened, even made sense out of the nonsense they were going through at that moment. He wanted to do as if he was going on on the journey and the two disciples beckoned on him. They said, stay with us, O Lord. Do not go away from us. Stay with us, O Lord. In Latin, it says, mane nobiscum domine. Stay with us, O Lord. The word mane, in Greek, the original text from which this passage was written, is meno. Meno translated literally does not just mean stay, it means abide, abide, indwelling, to be present inside of. So they are not just saying stay with us like stand by us, they are saying come and abide in us, come and have an indwelling within us, come and be present in our lives. And you know what happened next? Even as that happened, he was able to break the bread for them. At the breaking of bread, their eyes were opened. And that is the fourth point. Jesus, the risen Savior, wants to open our eyes. He wants to reveal himself to us. But first, we must allow him to join us on that journey Secondly, allow him to point out scriptures 
for us. Thirdly, he's waiting, standing at the door, like the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20, which says, the Lord stands at the door knocking. If you open the door of your heart, you will let him in, and he will dwell with you forever. And then fourthly, once he's inside of us, he opens our eyes so that we can see things ordinary people would not see. When you allow him to come in as a guest into your life, then he becomes the host of your life. He takes absolute control. He guides you. He leads you aright. When your eyes are opened, then you can go ahead to help other people to open up their own eyes. And after that has happened, what do we see in Scripture? Christ vanished. The two disciples who were on their way to Emmaus at the beginning of this gospel passage, by the end of it, they were on their way from Emmaus back to Jerusalem. There's a lot of things going on here. On the way to Emmaus, they were devastated. They were shattered. They were broken. On the way from Emmaus, their eyes had been opened. And now they are going to proclaim the joy of the risen Savior. They are going to tell everyone that they have seen the risen Lord. What a difference that makes. What you see in today's gospel passage is exactly what goes on at Mass every time we go to church. The Mass divided into two parts, the liturgy of the Word and the liturgy of the Holy Eucharist. When we come to Mass, the readings, everything take place on this pulpit. This is the liturgy of the Word. And right after this, the priest moves on to the altar for the liturgy of the Holy Eucharist. When we, celebrate, when we recite the Angelus, what do we say? And the Word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us when you come forward to receive the body of Christ. And that is why St. Paul we say, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And at the end of Mass, what happens? The deacon dismisses us by saying, Go in peace. The mass is ended. Ite misa est in Latin. The operative word there is misa, translated from the verb missio, and it means to send. So the deacon is actually telling us that the liturgy of the word and the liturgy of the Holy Eucharist, with Christ living in you, this whole ceremony has come to an end. But you know, the ceremony continues with you going out as missionaries. And then you say, thanks be to God. And then you go as missionaries. Not so many Catholics are privileged to hear these words because some of them just right after receiving communion, they jet out. Those are the people that are very similar to St. Thomas in the Bible. That's why they were not there, you know. We need to stay to the end so that we can be commissioned with those words, ite misa est, so that you can go out like these two disciples in today's gospel and be able to preach. And that is the fulfillment of 
all that we celebrate at Mass. So may I invite everyone to allow the risen Lord to join them on their journey through life, whether you are on your way to Emmaus or on your way from Emmaus. Allow the risen Lord to point out the scriptures for you that will guide you, that will help you, that will strengthen you throughout your day's task. Allow the risen Lord to come into your lives, to come into your hearts, to dwell in your homes, to abide with you. Allow the risen Lord to open your eyes so that you can help other people who may be living in blindness to have their eyes opened. In the year 1861, a Scottish Anglican priest reflected on this gospel passage that you just heard that I just talked about. He was just recently diagnosed of tuberculosis and this prompted him into a deep reflection and made him to write the hymn, the famous hymn that we know today, Abide With Me. He did not use stay. He used the original Greek translation, Abide With Me. And this is our prayer. This is what we want God to do for us, to abide with us. So may I ask everyone to please close your eyes. Just close your eyes and imagine Imagine yourself walking literally on the road, on the road to Emmaus, remembering those times that you have been so depressed or in distress, the times you've been disappointed either by yourself or by someone around you, the times that you, you lost focus, you lost hope, the times that you were walking away from Jerusalem, walking away from the person and the place that gives you life. And as you are thinking of all of these moments that you actually failed the Lord, you are also thinking of Jesus standing beside you, holding your hands, encouraging you, telling you it's going to be okay, bringing you back on your way from Emmaus, back into this church because this is a place that gives you life and as you reflect remember the words of this song they abide with me and asking Jesus to abide with you still abide with me fast Falls the even tide, the darkness deepens. Lord, with me abide when all the helpers fail and comfort. Help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. Open your
your eyes and he's truly abiding with you and you're going to carry him wherever you go. Praise be our Lord Jesus now and forever.